hit yet, you know? <laughs> Sex fiction. <laughs> So what's love got to do with this? Because we're talking movies. We're talking Secretary. Starring James Spader, Maggie Gyllenhaal, and Jeremy Davis. A short story by Mary Gateskill. Screenplay by Aaron Christina Wilson. And story adaption by Stephen Seinberg, who also directed. Chris, you can't do this 24 hours a day. I mean, seven days a week. Why not? <laughs> uh, who says that love needs to be soft and gentle? Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? It is February, the month of romance, but I say, fuck romance, take off your pants. We're going to be talking about some sexy films over the next couple episodes. So, uh, Scott, actually, before I throw it over to you, Scott, directly, I mean, I love the callback on that uh, quote you gave where it's like, we can't do this 24 hours a day. And she's just like, why not? Anyway, Scott, take it away. All right. So for those who haven't watched this film yet, here's the Netflix description to make you try to click on that button to watch it. A young woman who cuts herself gets a job working as a secretary for an attorney and to forge a unique relationship charged with sadomasochism. All right. Does that make you want to click on the, this? It's this uh, it doesn't make it as sexy as the, I find this film super sexy. Like, and I mean, in a, like a, in a, not just because of the S and M uh, quality of it. That, uh, that's 100% why. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's actually, it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's a really well done film. It's and it's very it's weird, you know. So that quote that I said, like who's who, who's to say that love needs to be soft and gentle? I would say that uh, who says that a film about S and M needs to be hard and coarse? Because this is not like it's it's a soft, beautifully shot romantic film. S and M just happens to be their vibe, their groove. You know what I mean? Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Before we get into this, I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to say uh, to Mary. Gateskill, who who wrote the short story or directed the short film that this was based on, I don't even know. No, no, she she wrote the short story. She's an author. She actually writes uh, predominantly in uh, like her her work is around like sex work or kink or those types of things. So perfect. So Mary, I hope you got some of that Fifty Shades money because <laughs> there's way too many fucking similarities between this movie and fucking Fifty Shades. And so since this came out a decade earlier. I didn't even care enough to actually check if you sued them, but I hope you did get some the of that. The fact, back. and it, the first thing that hit me about that was the Mr. Gray. Like, that James Spader's fucking character is Mr. Gray. Like, that's his name. And I was like, the fucking shitty dude or whatever in all of those... It's called Fifty Shades of Gray. It's like the fucking in the title. They, I, I, gee... She a hundred percent fucking ripped off this fucking either the author or the film. Like, uh, I, yeah, I I didn't see any uh like suing happening in my research, but she fucking should. I hope there was some fucking blackmail letters sent because that's fucked. Like, there's no <laughs> way that this does not have an association with Fifty Shades of Grey. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, I do. That's why I brought it up. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, <laughs> now by me saying it, it sounds like you know, now it, it sounds legit. Yeah, right? it sounds like, like oh my god, that's such a smart too comment. legit Fuck. to quit. Uh, so what? This was the, go yeah, ahead, this go was ahead. my first time ever fucking watching this movie. It was your first time, but yeah, only yeah, with but the movie. The the thing is, like, and I don't I don't know because I can't find it now because I was going on YouTube and everything like that. But I thought this wasn't this movie originally marketed like um like a single white female where the secretary just becomes overly obsessed with the lawyer, and I thought it was like one of those kind of like uh like pseudo sexual like uh oh you mean psycho 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 sexual yeah that was coming out during the time i'm like that's and that's why i never watched it because i'm like the this looks super oh you stupid. mean so in the trailer i don't know uh maybe maybe our producer can pull the trailer yeah, for secretary but i watched every it. trailer on okay. youtube and it's not it's all like you know like fucking kinky stuff like oh so what's what what's that thing with the where you think you remember uh the mandela effect maybe yeah, you're having a bit well, of mandela maybe. effect maybe but yeah so this film came out during you know the sexy spader part of his career yes you know, which started in 96 with cronenberg's crash and pretty much ended with this movie mm-hmm. and um yeah i can honestly say uh chris just explain to me why people should like this movie because i was really bored throughout of it Oh, wow. Well, I mean, you're kind of a simpleton, so I understand why you don't like it. Because <laughs> I, I thoroughly enjoy this movie. I actually watched it like twice just to get ready for the for the show. Uh, I've been I've seen it multiple times. I remember watching it the first time and just being like in awe. And again, OK, actually, so I'm going to use my quote now because I think it really gives the what I what I find enjoyable about this film. So. James uh, Bernardo Deli from Real View says, The movie enters a realm where very few non-porn films venture and comes across as darkly funny, energetic, and surprisingly gentle. So often when you see S&M portrayed in films, it's, it's like heavy kink, lots of like whipping and all that stuff, which I mean, some of that is in this, but it's got like dark undertones. It's very rough. It's very violent. Um this film takes it as a, as a totally different approach. It's actually more just the catalyst of like what gives these two people, not just the romance in their life, but like the things that make them who they are and allows them to come together. So it's somehow both the primary and secondary focus of this film. I mean, the film is really just about kind of, I don't know. I'd say two lost people. I mean, James Spader is not like a super fucking happy guy except when he's, you know, full bore spanking Maggie Gyllenhaal's character or making her wear other types of bondage implements and stuff like that. And then he's like super happy. And she, again, like she's a cutter. She's depressed. She's not happy at home. She's got like kind of a shitty boyfriend who, uh well i wouldn't say shitty boy well shitty as in shitty to her like not not shitty to her but like she's not really grooving on him he's fine uh i mean it's jeremy davis which he plays those characters so well uh you know we talked about him you actually had uh you have a jeremy davis story didn't didn't you uh yeah he was behind me at a craps table once when i went to vegas yeah and he was throwing around like chips like potato chips basically right uh, that was the secretary money right there he's like fuck it's hit, it just hit streaming yeah Boom. <laughs> fuck fuck saving private ryan um so what do i like about this film so first off i love the subject matter i think it's very cool i think it's a very interesting <laughs> approach 
to that type of subject matter instead like listen i like the the rough stuff uh, in film as well but by portraying it this way it makes it more normal right the fact that people have whatever they have in their sex lives in their kink lives uh, they go to work, they do everything that's like day to day and normal. And then they go home and they put a carrot in their husband's mouth or wife's mouth or whatever. You know what I mean? And ride, put a saddle I, on them. That yeah, shot, that fucking shot is fantastic. It, Cause they shoot it. Like it's so like boring and normal. She's just on the desk with a bunch of hay. And then he puts a saddle on her back and sticks a carrot in her mouth. You know what I mean? Well, he, he did the carrot first. Yes, but... yes, 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 yes. But I don't know. I guess with this being my first time watching it and I'm really like watching it with 2023 eyes. Yeah. The whole time I'm watching this is, oh, this guy's a me too waiting to happen. Right. This guy literally got called out on me too. Cause they, they established like, she's not the first, mm-hmm. she, she's not the first person that he, he, he she's, does, she's but... just the first that was like, oh, I'm down. Let's fucking party. Yeah. Yeah, so the whole time I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, like, this guy literally had a list full of secretary. Like, he's canceled now. His his whole law firm's done. The Yeah, the right. other version of this film is, is called The Assistant. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I was just like, okay, he, he he's fucking done. And then some of the choices made with the writing that you said you, you liked and stuff like that. But that whole, like, that ending of that movie... I'm like, this is the worst fucking put together piece of fucking film I've ever seen in my life. What are you no talking point. about? What you, that ending is fantastic. Like, she just like basically is like, that's where that line. That's where that line about uh, we can't do this all, you know, 24 hours a day. And she's like, why not? And then just shows him like fucking let's rock and roll and just like shows him how much she wants to be his like sub you know what i mean i don't know yes, what you... but what i'm saying what i'm saying okay so that that scene lasts technically for three days because there's literally a news crew yes. outside and she pps in pps on her in her pants too yeah so it wouldn't just be pp in three days so oh, that poo-poo. dress would have been really brown yeah it, it wouldn't have stayed white yes right two who the fuck are half the people that showed up that you're like, this is the first time I've ever seen you. Where, where were your scenes cut? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I so what there's like the mom is the, the sister mom you saw. Up? Yeah. Well then there's a couple random know, dudes. I'm like, I don't know who that dude is. I think yeah, maybe like, a he's like, come member. on, you, you could do better than this. Like, come on, there's other ways. Like, uh, yeah, the same thing. I'm like, so when, when was your scene cut? Like, who the fuck are you and why should I care what your opinion is? And then the girl with like all the books about feminism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she should if she knew she couldn't lift her hands up, she should have been reading those fucking books, not handing that books to her. Like, how is she gonna read them? <laughs> so you so you did not love this movie? I, I didn't. And what do you think, think what it, what'd you think of the cinematography? Like the thing opens with like it's not an extremely long, but like a single take shot that tracks her through the through the office and yeah, then finishes the yeah whatever. yeah yeah and then it like she goes into the door framed by the door and then as the door and then the door shuts it's basically a cold open too right it's fantastic yes. it, it was but there was one part of that scene i didn't like 
and that was just before she closes the door there's like a five two maybe three second pause where she like literally poses for the camera where she like does the little like dip down with her knee in the leg <laughs> and then kind of thing so it makes me think like that was her like it was one shot one take and she's like fucking got it down and then closed it not thinking like hey it's film everything's gonna be fucking caught all right I don't know. I thought that tracking shot, uh, single take tracking shot was beautiful. So, uh, and, oh, wait, I'm the only one wearing a production company hat. So I think my, uh, my, my, my views on this matter matter more. I um, go, I can go to lids and make up my own fucking hat too. <laughs> like, <laughs> but what's again, what's that going to be for, for your podcast? Scott, 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 yeah. Scott. <laughs> but, uh, that's what this movie needed more of a little, a little Scott got, but also with the ending, like when he takes her upstairs to give her a bath yeah. and then they fuck for the first time. Like there's literally a crowd of people outside and how is nobody like, what the fuck is going on there? And why does this guy have a chocolate milkshake? <laughs> <laughs> you were, man, you were fucking paying attention to all the wrong stuff in this movie. That's for sure. I, w- I She's I getting like was- spanked. Uh, at her desk and you're like how come james spader has a chocolate milkshake what like what the fuck are you why what are you how are you focusing on that like one like i'll I'll give this like that guy that guy ate a lot of salary because his his stain he left on the back of her shirt impressive did you say celery yeah oh does it help with that yeah yeah man that was the peter north like fucking strategy interesting i can eat a lot of celery uh i think maybe that's because it's got a high water content i think it's that seems like it's more about being hydrated uh yeah i think this this film looks really good uh it's interesting though the cinematographer steven fearberg uh so he was the dp on a nightmare on elm street 4 uh he was also the dp on like love and other drugs i don't remember uh nightmare on elm street 4 well enough to know like how great the cinematography was but he's mostly worked in like tv like he's a dp on emily in paris he did all of entourage he had like his most of his stuff is in in tv which is fine but uh, like i thought he did a good job with this i'm surprised he didn't end up doing more cool independent cinema um but i mean i guess he got work doing big tv shows like full runs of like multiple season tv shows so good for him but yeah i think like i was looking at it too because this is like a cult film oh this is yeah this is definitely like what you would consider a cult film like had like a very small run i mean it made its money back it has a four million dollar budget did 9.5 at the box office but like this is like a film person's and and people who are into this kink this is like they've all seen this film because it's 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 one of the few times that you get to see see it on a mate in a major normal you know straight motion picture non-pornographic kind of film right yeah, but like in terms of the crew, like even the writer, um, like the screenplay like, writer, yeah, like same thing. Like you got this screenplay, then it's pretty much TV with the exception of two movies, uh, or three movies actually, which is Chloe in 2009, so seven years later. Then the next movie was Men, Women, and Children in 2014. And then the screenplay of The Girl on the Train in mm. 2016. So it's like 
pretty big gaps but then she has some tv work she worked on vinyl which i think you liked that show didn't i you? didn't i did not i watched it i really wanted yeah. to like vinyl but it was a fucking mess of a film uh that was also executive or produced executive produced by martin scorsese so really mm-hmm. it was not All great right. yeah and and you're not bowing at that altar <laughs> no he's he's not so great when he gets into the tv mr scorsese oh really mm-hmm but yeah, like even and the director, like it seems like after this one, it's just really like, yeah, 2002. And then he directed, I don't even know if it's a documentary, but it's called Fur, an Imaginary Portrait of Diane Arbus. Mm-hmm. And then it looks like a, you know, straight to streaming movie called Rapture, which you would think if it is cult, right? Like a cult film later on like they would have more like offers i would say opportunities to to get it again uh i mean but the pro the the reason a film is a cult film is is that it doesn't hit hard like when it originally comes out so it usually develops a following it develops cult status right so you it's sort of like being an artist and then dying and then your shit's worth a lot of money not so helpful when you're alive you know what i mean because you don't have that money you don't have that uh yeah but all these people from what i can see are still alive sure but i mean just because you make a cult film doesn't mean you go on to do like fantastic other films as well like uh um, literally we, we we did clerks so that's why one dude that that you can take that you can put your finger on and pulp fiction uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that Quentin Tarantino is a cult film director. <laughs> like, well, he started. Reservoir Dogs was sure. Reservoir Dogs was, but again, both actually, I would argue that both Clerks and Reservoir Dogs, they hit their stride early in the director's career. Right, like those films. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they're cult films. They are indie films that overperformed. Right. They they were almost like the birth of the new Hollywood for a bunch of directors in the 90s. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yes, they they have a cult status around them, but they were big in their times, like big enough in their times. Right. Like even Reservoir Dogs, although it didn't kill at the box office, it did wait. Like, I mean, it made its money back uh, and a little bit more. And people it, 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 people were definitely talking about it. Same with Clerks. I mean, it is not unsurprising that both of those were Miramax uh, productions. Because for everything that Harvey Weinstein was as a shitbag, uh, he knew how to fucking, he seemed to know how to, especially early in his career, know how to pick kind of diamond scripts or diamond like indie films and go, we know how to make that into a fucking a vehicle. You know what I mean? Both Kevin Smith and Quentin Tarantino owe their entire existence to uh, Miramax, right? So that's it. You, you, I've stopped you in your tracks or what? No, no, I was just like thinking about it. Be like, do you think like nowadays they're like, <laughs> it's just trying to get away from that, too. Yes, exactly. So I'm just gonna remind, yeah, I love how we, you're like, we're like, we're all also, of a sudden we're gonna get a system to cease from both of them. Like, do not put our names <laughs> by that fucker. Uh, then I just have to say to Mr. Smith, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, we talk, we can talk about dogma and how Harvey still owns the fucking thing. I think up till this moment, he still owns it. Uh, I like how you opened with like how this film is like a hashtag me too. And we're talking about Harvey Weinstein. So let's, let's get back to the it's movie. Full circle. That, that's what, that's what, it's that's the, what this podcast is. It's, it's full circle. It's the circle of life. <laughs> but 
Uh, so one, you know, one commentary uh, on this film from people in the SM community that they don't like about it. And I mean, I think this is similar to what happened with uh, Al Pacino in Cruising, uh, which is, was the gay leather scene in New York, even though they, they did the best they could at the time to, you know, reach out to that community, is sometimes the community does not like how they're portrayed. Uh, in Cruising, again, obviously the idea of a serial killer, you know, hunting within it, they did not like that aspect. Um, and with this, so this is a great example of how, you know, like my quote was, you know, love does not have to be soft and gentle. It can be these other things, but people that actually operate in this community, there's way more actual consent. You don't just like roll in on your secretary and tell her to come into your office and be like, fucking start spanking her. And then just be like, oh, cool. Well, that worked out. Everybody seems to fucking have enjoyed that experience. Uh, it's, it's a much more controlled environment. Uh, there's a lot more conversation around what happens. Um, but again, sort of like fantasy, it's kind of sexy, the idea that you go to work one day and then your boss spanks you and you like really love it. And then you stop cutting yourself and you become a yeah, better person at the end. up right? until, so, I would say up until that point, he was more of a, I don't, I don't like, would you say a lurker? Like he would be around the corner peeking at her. Yeah, he and was kind of. He was. He was. He was he's, there's definitely some the office. creepy fucking elements about Mister. I mean, he plays those roles great, like Danny California on, on The Office, or any like James Spader's a fantastic actor, especially when he's got to be a bit offbeat, bit fucking weird, eccentric, whatever. Uh, I think he's. They're both perfectly cast in this. Um, I was shocked. Like Maggie Gyllenhaal is full frontal in this film. Yeah, at the end, yeah. Like, I'm sure that's, like, that, that her bush is a merkin. Like, I'm sure it's, like, a prop bush. Uh, but, like, she's showing her breasts and everything. And, again, it's, I think it's tastefully done. But I was I was actually surprised that they didn't just bring the water level up a bit higher in the tub. And then we got to the end, and you're she's totally, like, naked. And I was like, oh, oh I guess fucks. Don't worry about showing the boobs if you're going to show the bush, right? So... Well, that was more story-wise because the whole point of, like, that character's growth is she was always, you know, she always needed to be covered because she was embarrassed. Or not embarrassed, but she always wanted to hire her cuts. And then she finally found the one that she was able to to show who she truly was. Ah, see, you did pay attention to some of the good stuff. I like it. Yeah, yeah, you're 100% right there. Yeah, it, it, they literally have like a, a narrator speech where <laughs> I went by every scar and explained the story of every single one because I remember. Yeah, that the, the the direct exposition. So we are. This scene is here because blah 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 yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah, because and then it, it calls back to when she had her sex scene with um, Jeremy Davis, where you know her, all her clothes had to be on. He couldn't really touch anything, and the lights had to be off. Yeah. That's another great line when he's like fucking one pump chump. And then he's like, did I hurt you? And she's like, no, <laughs> like not only no, like obviously not. And be like, I really wish you would have. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I think, I think it's really well cast. I think the acting is fantastic. I think it's shot really well. If you like good film, if you like good cinema, uh, if uh, you like, uh, an offbeat kind of sexy film it's funny as well uh i highly recommend watching secretary uh, i actually watch secretary and then let us know what you think about it scott what about you sure um i i didn't like it uh i'll never watch it again 
but you know i would love to hear uh other people think well i think in this one i'll probably be wrong in the wrong because everybody's like oh it's cult. you don't understand kink and i'm like no i'm not chris's saturday nights it's uh i mean it does have an 82 percent from the audience which on a film like this like uh, i almost wonder if this film was to come out now if it, it would either do really really well or it would get rating bombed like no, because look at Fifty Shades. What? Well, if you have it up, what's Fifty Shades? Is shit. Oh, like I don't know. That 50, one... Sh- Fifty Shades is fucking awful. The book is the books are awful. The movie is awful. awful. Yeah, and I think I think it is because you know if I watched this originally when it came out back early two thousands, I might have you know different perspective. Right? It's the same as fucking like I love Revenge of the Nerds, but mm-hmm. literally the protagonist of that movie is a rapist. A yeah. Yes. And that's but, and that's the like him winning. Yes. You're like, yeah, yeah 100%. He sexually 100%. assaulted that that hot girl. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, then he has his line like jocks, you know, jock thinks of sports. Nerds think of eating out women. That's why you, you know, orgasms like you never before because of me. And she's like, oh, my God, I and, love the nerds. And now. and they were on the moon. Remember? Yes. He was wearing his Darth Vader. Yes. Costume. Yes. Uh, yeah, man. That's all I got. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. asked a, a grade three student to write a book uh it would be better than 50 shades it's the writing is awful it is like the the best example of like how shitty writers can still make a gazillion dollars because people are fucking stupid all i all, all i sense in that comment is a lot of fucking like hate towards like all my fan fiction where's my all my quentin tarantino fan fiction <laughs> like django chained up django <laughs> chain django yeah you know <laughs> sex fiction sex <laughs> like why hasn't mine hit <laughs> reservoir doggy style <laughs>